Hey everybody, welcome to the Murko Movie Guys. I'm Clint Schaffer and this is my buddy Chad Weeks. And we're a couple guys who like movies and like to talk about movies. Clint, we got a special guest tonight. Mai Hong is going to be joining us talking about her movie. What's her movie? Cat Daddies. Cat Daddies. And uh, as a cat daddy myself, I'm pretty excited about this. This is an amazing documentary. Chad and I watched it up at the uh, Julian Dubuque International Film Festival, uh, what, last weekend? Yep. And it was absolutely awesome. We are so excited to have Mai on, so stay tuned, grab your popcorn, fill up your drinks, and enjoy the show. Mai, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us here. How about you uh, introduce yourself to the listeners? Hi, I'm Mai Hong. I'm the director of Cat Daddies, a new documentary on the film festival circuit. Now, when you say film festival circuit, how many different festivals are you showing Cat Daddies at now? Um, I'm, I'm at the end of a six-month run. Um, I've maybe done somewhere around 20 and then I have like about a six week break and then it starts up again, maybe here and there, like the summer and the fall. And, and this is all going to be off of based off of Cat Daddy's is the, the fall uh, session as well. Yes. Yeah. I have some a few that I know for sure are happening. Some I'm still waiting to hear back from. So, uh, yeah, we'll just keep going for as long as we can. <laughs> Out, outstanding. Well, I know we ended up uh, seeing you up at uh, the uh, Julian Dubuque International Film Festival. And uh, believe it or not, that was actually uh, Chad and I's first go at a film festival. So we'd never been to one before. Oh, no way. And, wow. Yeah. And we were trying to figure out what uh, what movie we were going to watch. And we came across your film. And uh, Chad over here is a cat dad. Yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a proud cat dad. And so, like... I actually, I shouldn't say that because I, I tell my wife that I'm not their dad. I'm their roommate, you know, that sort of thing. So <laughs> I've always said that I'm, a, I'm their roommate. So you don't but discipline I, I love my... them or anything. You just sort of, <laughs> you What's don't that? discipline them or anything. Like, you don't discipline them or anything. They just hang no, out with you. They don't listen. <laughs> yeah, they don't listen to me even if I did. So, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, the, the thing is when Clint and I were driving home from that, it's about a two and a half hour drive for us. So we talked about this film. All like the whole way home, yeah. and literally the the entire yeah the entire time I was watching this, like I had a huge smile across my face because it's just um I, I love what, I love what you've done with it um again atta attacking like the toxic masculinity behind cats and and that sort of thing I think it's it's awesome because we we don't we don't we don't look at that enough we don't take care of that enough because there's always this stigma I heard it going on throughout the movie a lot where they would say. You know, growing up, I didn't didn't have cats, or it wasn't cool. I didn't want to. You don't even want to admit that you're, you know, you're a cat person or whatever. You see it all the time. Yeah. And I love that you went out and sought out to get that. So, is that something you sought out personally, or is that something that just kind of, you know, it presented itself, or what? What? What was your inspiration to do this? Yeah, initially, those were the stories that I was after to get, and uh, I just personally wanted to make a movie that I would want to watch. I, I literally ran out of cat content to watch. I've seen everything, <laughs> um, and I was actually surprised no one had tackled, you know, men and their cats, because you see it, like, on social media all the time. Men are very proud now to have their kitty cats, 
And I get a kick out of it every time I see it. It like, gives me this, like, this Marie Kondo spark joy. Um, it could come from the fact that I grew up with very, like a very stern father and very, you know, unemotional, like men in my family. Um, so I think just, just seeing that, like, just gives me a little dose of happiness. And I thought, well, you know, why not make a movie about this? And, you know, at the time, um, also around that time, my husband, you know, wasn't a cat, you know, uh, when we were dating, he was not a cat guy at all. And then without my influence, um, a cat found him one day and, and the rest is history. I mean, and, and it was a, it was such a, yeah, it was, it was like, un, I just couldn't have foreseen that none of his family it was, it was very shocking. So I just think there is true, like, you don't know what you don't know. And I think he just didn't know that he could, you know, love cats. So I thought, you know, there must be many other men. So as a side benefit of making this movie that I wanted to see for myself, I I thought maybe this could open more hearts, more houses, um, you know, for pets, but especially for cats in general. Because um, I think they are a great pet for like men who maybe are very busy and, and they just don't know because they don't, a lot of people don't see what, what it's really like to live with a cat. I mean, I think there's a lot of misconceptions and they're all very different, you know, creatures. They have different personalities and you just got to find the right one for you. Well, you, you talked about making a movie that, that you would like to watch. And uh, I will say that you definitely created a movie that we like to watch. Yes. So uh, oh, hats great. off to, uh, to, 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 to the production of this. Uh, you know, you talked about trying to find these stories. And I guess one of the questions I would have is, how did you seek out all the different characters that uh, that are that are you know in this movie telling their story about their relationship with their cats and even getting into their life stories as well? Uh, how did you go about you know I guess casting for this? David and Lucky especially like that's a really yeah. tough oh. one to like. I don't know how. You, yeah, go ahead. Most of the guys I was already following on social media. Um, you know, they have a, a lot of them are like Instagram celebrities. So of course I already knew about them. I thought, oh, it'd be so cool. They're in a movie, like on the big screen. It's, you know, I really wanted to get Gold Kitty, like shoot Gold Kitty in 4K, <laughs> Cinemascope, have it like larger than life. That would be so awesome. Um, again, selfishness. <laughs> and then yeah. um, I was already filming. So I had already cast and I was already filming. And out of the blue, someone messaged me, uh, someone who had been friends with David and Lucky, trying to help him for a couple of years get off the street. Um, they were running out of options. And I think just out of desperation, she reached out, thought, you know, he's perfect story for the film. And at first I was resistant because I was already done casting. We'd already started filming and it was so tonally different from everything else I was doing. Yeah. And I thought like, I don't know, I just don't know if I can make this work. And I don't know if I could, you know, make his, you know, give justice to his story. But, you know, as soon as we actually met him and talked to him and like learned more, I, it just was clear we had to have him. He said himself in his words that he has nothing else to live for except his cat who he saved. And, and so, you know, how can that not get you? And of course we had to like, just try to make something happen and, and, and try to make it work into the movie. And then, you know, we didn't even know what was to come. And what happened was, as the pandemic happened 
And then some of the guys that we had cast, we couldn't travel to. So we had to drop some of the people we had lined up or the pandemic created enough anxiety that some people just weren't, weren't their hearts weren't in it anymore. So that left actually left room for us to follow David's story, which of course was, you know, more complicated um, and it, it needed that. So, so we followed him, you know, all year. And, and so, yeah, it was just really luck and just sort of like, I guess it was just meant to be. And, and that's how it all worked out. And it was kind of tricky to kind of make the film work because it's, you know, there's, mo there's bittersweet moments and there's, you know, there's, there's funny parts, as you guys mentioned, but there's also parts that, that, you know, really, really get to you deeply. Very real stuff. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know if you, it, probably in, unintentionally, but I think you probably did a great justice for like the stigma for, towards the homeless uh, population too, because David is an incredibly likable character mm -hmm. and like you just really, you're rooting for him throughout this thing. So like you see that and you, I, I don't, did you feel that as well? Like, I, I, I feel like if people watch this, they're going to fall in love with David and say, man, I hope, I hope things work out for him and Lucky type of thing. So, and I, I think that's, that could really help out what you, when you walk by a homeless person on the street, you know, it could be a David right there, you know, that sort of thing. That's what I kind of feel as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I every, every unhoused person is not the same. Their stories are not the same. Um, we can't just assume. And definitely I learned that. I mean, I already knew that going into this, but hearing yeah. David's story, uh, just the complications that he has to get help, to get medical assistance, to get into the shelter, uh, incredible. I couldn't even capture it all. Um, I learned so much uh, from his situation, but also, you know, it also, I think, unintentionally, but I embraced it. Uh, I think it did destigmatizes a lot of different types of men, also like truck drivers, um, you know, the police officer that befriends David, um, you know. Uh, Chris. Yeah, yeah, Chris. We liked him yeah, a lot too. Right? Yeah, Chris, the guy. Chris has like just a huge heart on him. I mean, that is, I just, I, I love seeing the connection between him and David. Yeah, kind of stereotypical Staten Island guy, but at the same time, <laughs> just heart of gold and just to see I think like for me it's you know their relationship means so much and I'm so glad I captured that in the movie because I didn't want to just show David as just as just a guy on the street he has friends he has a social life he has people that care about him um yeah he it, it's 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 a uh, dynamic it's it's not you know it's not what you think it is oh. A couple of things too on uh, on on David's side and and that perspective. You know, you talk about maybe uh, thinking of of you know folks without homes or folks without houses, looking at that a little bit differently. Uh, the other piece to that is you hear it a lot of people question. Well, if they if they don't have a house, why do they have a pet, right? And and I think that drew a lot of light to that. And yeah. it's like. Uh, I think of David and Lucky, and you talked about David saving Lucky. Lucky saved David too, right? Like in that in that same sense. And I thought that that was just a powerful story of of that is what he revolved his day around was trying to take care and protect that cat. And I thought that was just a a great way to to drive that story home. Uh, and I think it's something that a 
other people have asked that question. Yeah. I think this film will help answer that. Yeah, there's not another cat on the planet that's getting more attention than, than Lucky <laughs> yeah, oh, is, yeah, really. absolutely. Some of the things that I learned also about his story was that he he had found other kittens before. So there was just something special about Lucky. It wasn't just like this was his first kitten he came across. Uh, when he worked in construction, they were finding kittens all the time. Some of them he rehomed. But there was just something special about Lucky uh, that, you know, they he just felt, you know, he had to be there for him. They had to stay together. So I thought that was really, um, really touching to me. And also, you know, uh, it is it is a little controversial. I mean, there were actually people on the who would see him on the street and try to take Lucky away from him. Um, and it was yeah. just like, how could you do this? You can't have this cat on the street. And like, I, you know, I, I get it, but at the same time, like, um, you can't say like, who, who are, who is anyone to say, you know, who, who is privileged enough to have a cat or, or a pet, Correct. you know, I mean, sometimes maybe the less privileged deserve love too. Well, I, I think Chris did a great job of telling that story, right? Talking about his out, outreach and he kind of, uh, addressed that. And I think his comment, if I remember right, was you know, he's going to take care of, of Lucky before he takes care of himself, right? And, and we've seen that. I mean, we've seen that in some of the decisions uh, that he was making. And, uh, and that is, again, I think that's just an incredibly powerful, powerful story. And there. I think that's why so many people were drawn to help him because they saw him on the street and they saw how well taken care of the cat was. Um, you know, the cat even has toys. <laughs> the cat has, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. way, way more possessions probably than even David has. So I think they saw that and they knew, like, yeah, you're, this is cat is not being mistreated. This is a really well-loved cat. Very cozy. You look very cozy. <laughs> so uh, uh, one thing that I wanted to, well, first off, while we're talking about David, I don't know if I even want to ask this, but um, is, have you had an update on David since? Oh yeah, we're very close. Um, when I'm not traveling as much, we're, we're speaking maybe every week. Um, he's very still cool. hanging in there. Awesome. He's still in the same, uh, shelter. Uh, he's still trying not to get COVID. <laughs> he's still, yeah. um, trying to, uh, get treatments. Um, He's just hanging in there. He decided, um, I don't know if I should say this. It may be a spoiler. So maybe, maybe everybody. Your, your yeah. call. Yeah. <laughs> skip, Plug your ears for a second. a few seconds if you don't want to know. But um, he actually uh, decided not to go through, you know, the amputation that they wanted to do because it would have only extended okay. his life a little bit. Um, it wouldn't have saved his life. So he decided to just. Okay. He should just live out his life as best as he can. So he chose the quality of life and, and that's to spend as much time as he can with Lucky. Um, Lucky yep. mainly lives with Pam, who you saw in the movie, um, yep. Yep. because the shelter is quite loud and, and stressful for, for cats. Um, you know, they decided that was the best thing to do. And he, David would go visit, you know, some weekends. So that's kind of what's going on right now. Um, I'm, I'm happy to say we also saw him last month at our screening in New York, um, which was like, oh, yeah. Nice. Very cool. That is awesome. It was with like nearly 300 people. All of the guys from New York were there. The stunt guy from Atlanta was there. Um, it was a fundraiser for Flatbush Cats, which is the cat rescue in the movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and David got 
you know, got to see everybody. He wore a mask the whole time. And he got to see a lot of supporters that had never met him, but had given to his GoFundMe. It was, it was wonderful. It was like the one of the best oh. evenings ever, and uh, best one of the best screenings we'd ever had. It was really intense. Very yeah. Cool. One one of the other things on on David and and Chris and Chad pointed this out uh, just just uh, probably about uh, what hour ago when we were watching that uh, watching it again, and uh, the interesting part was when David's in the hospital and he gets the phone call from Chris and he says, Hey, I'm with my camera. I'm with camera guy, Robert. Right. And it's hilarious because Chris called to check on, on David and he's like, okay, that's cool. How are you? Yeah. Right. And it, and it just, it, it just showed that Chris wasn't calling to try, you know, wanting to know about the cameraman yeah. or, or even, even the movie. It was, it was more, more about how are you doing? Let's get down to it, you know. Genuine and I, concern for yeah, it. just a genuine concern. I just thought that was just a such a nice little subtle moment yep. there uh, during that. Yeah, time, he's that he's scene. always catching up, uh, trying to get updates from David. There, I think I think Chris is maybe David's only male friend that you know checks on him Very on cool. a regular basis, and it's all because they can they can fawn over their cat pictures together. I can't believe. I can't believe how much Pez and Lucky exactly. they look like they came out of the same litter. I know. So. It's crazy. They they yeah, it's a it's wonderful. And I also have to say like uh that was an interesting time to shoot in New York. I wasn't actually there. I was on the phone um when all that was happening and uh Rob the camera guy happened to be on the East Coast with family anyway. So he was able to go and they would have only allowed one person to visit at that time. So he he had to capture everything on himself. I, I'm glad you said that because I was gonna ask you that uh, just for the time this was getting shot in and especially yeah. around hospitals, right? I mean, that's uh, that was like the- Yeah, and know, especially- Probably the, the hardest place to get yeah, into, Yeah, and with right? David being so immunocompromised, we of course, didn't we wanted to finish the movie but we didn't want to put him at risk either um so yeah. yeah it was just one camera guy with a mask a face shield and a gown and just one hour was all he had and so he he, <laughs> he brought him some mcdonald's and <laughs> and spent an hour with him well thanks rob thanks yeah. for thanks for doing all the camera work there <laughs> yeah <laughs> So on, on the subject of the camera work and the cinematography, I noticed there were a few shots that like when you were talking about the uh, the stunt couple there, um, I saw a few scenes there that were just beautiful, really beautifully shot. Like when you see uh, what was his name? Uh, Ryan. The stunt uh, stunt. Ryan. Yep. Ryan. OK. When he was like when they watched him jogging and he goes under that overpass and the it says this too shall pass above it. Yeah. It's just like that's a beautiful shot when he's I think it was him inside the his living room. And the sun was just perfectly shining through that window there. Is that like, are you, are, are you looking for those type of shots? Is it, are you the one that's get, like having the eye for that to see those absolutely masterful uh, shots, I guess, that kind of go over your head if you're not looking for it, but it just looks so cool when you see it on, in 4K, you know? Um, I think there. it's both of us, me and Rob. Uh, yeah, definitely things like the bridge and things like that. I'm like, oh, make sure you get that. But then it's up to Rob really to compose the shot because it's not like, you know, we're su we're working super slim. We don't have like a monitor. So I don't really know what he's getting. I just have to trust that he's getting it. Um, 
but yeah, we worked with a lot of natural light because we didn't really, uh, you know, we're, we're on a low budget. We're traveling around the country. We also um, don't want to spook the cats with a bunch of lights and equipment. So a lot of times we're not bringing in anything. We're shooting outdoors a lot. Um, those are, those are some tricks of the trade. And then, um, and then, yeah, uh, really all credit to Rob for just, he's just a, he's actually not a cinematographer mainly. He's mainly a gaffer. So he's mainly lighting. So he's a master of lighting, but then it's kind of funny because like we'd worked with him, you know, on other projects where he's lighting and we noticed how talented he is. And then we're like, Hey, can you shoot this documentary? And, uh, by the way, we don't want you to bring lights. <laughs> and so it's like, <laughs> and so, yeah, he really, yeah, he really knows how to work with natural light. Have you worked with him before? Um, other indie narrative. No, this is our first documentary for all of us. Uh, but we have worked with him on other indie films like scripted. Um, yeah, where he was just in charge of the lighting mainly. Um, yeah, so he crew, but yeah, he'd always wanted to be uh, a DP, a director of photography. So we, we gave, we were like, Hey, this, you know, you want to do this? <laughs> gave him the chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so talking about this being your, your first documentary, I would imagine that shooting, I mean, Chad and I have never shot films. We just watch them. So, uh, I could imagine though, uh, shooting a, a, you know, a short or a feature is a, is a lot different than shooting a documentary. Uh, could you kind of contrast a little bit of that on, on how, how your experience was going into the, into shooting a documentary versus some of the other film work that you've done? Yeah, probably a lot less planning and prep. <laughs> Uh, and like no script. Uh, yeah, maybe I had like outlined a few things. Maybe I had done like a little bit of a shot list, but really like the difference for me is that, um, having worked on both sides is that like a narrative film, you're constantly perfecting, like, and you're constantly in development to get ready for production. So you're constantly perfecting the script then you're doing all the casting, you're doing all the locations, you're doing all this stuff, producing, leading up to the, the shoot days, which is two, three weeks, whatever. And, and then, you know, if you did all your job right, you know, if everything went perfectly, then everything will go smoothly. And then you, you know, then you edit it and whatnot. And I feel a documentary is a little bit opposite because, uh, I think all the story and everything is in the end. So I went into this not knowing really what the story is. I have some idea and I'm just like, I'm just gonna, you know, film all these cat dads and then I'm gonna come up with something. It's just, I'm just gonna like cooking. Like I'm just gonna have all these ingredients and I'm gonna come up yeah. with something good to eat, right? And all of that is at the end in the editing process. And it also, you know, you can't really script what happens in real life. So very, very often when you're working on documentaries, I, luckily I was only two years, but there are many documentaries that go on, you know, eight, 10 years and yeah. things change. And it's like, you have to decide, you know, whether you're going to change with it or not. So yeah, there's like so much unpredictability and it's just sort of like, um, yeah, I have to say it's a lot less prep in the beginning because it's 
but also like it was since it's my first documentary i knew it was low stakes at that time it became higher stakes after the pandemic and david's situation but in the beginning it was just like you know it's it's low stakes like it, it it doesn't have to be like perfect and it doesn't even have to be good like i could just you know like nobody's expecting yeah. anything right for me i can just so it's like i can we can play you know yeah well i hate to tell you my the, the there are no more low oh. stakes if you go to do another <laughs> yeah. documentary so yeah. the, the the bar is high yeah. everybody keeps asking me what's next and i'm like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that was gonna be one of the questions. So, do you want to answer that? Do you have anything planned for next? Or is I have of... ideas for sure, but you know they're bigger ideas that I need help. I need bigger producers um, to help me. You know, mainly gain access. So, you know, there's a couple of things. Um, like, I, I'm really interested in like the uh, Hemingway cats. I don't know if you've heard of them. In, uh... I have. That that's where he has like. They're all polydactyl cats, right? And, and yeah, and they're all polydactyl cats. I don't know why. I'm just I like again. I don't know what the story is. <laughs> yeah. Like I just want to go meet them, figure you know, shoot them, figure something out. It's kind of like the same thing. It's down in Florida, right? And there and it's basically mm-hmm. a house that is now ran by these cats that somebody brought over to him, brought him over a cat or two or something like that. And now all these cats just live in this house there. Like oh, I, wow. I like a lot of cats, and it's a. I don't know. I don't know the full story. They have, but... people, they have people take care of them. And I think there are tours. Um, but yeah, tours. I just kind of oh. want to see what's go down there and see what's going on. But also, um, my husband may be relocating to Japan for a while. So I may, um, you know, have a project. I may want, I'm looking for a project to do while I visit. And that could be cat related because obviously they're crazy about cats there. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I would so... love to do something there. So looking at back at uh, at Cat Daddies and just all the different, uh, the, the thing that was fascinating to me is is you hit a lot of different sites as well from all over the all over the U.S. with a lot of different folks. Um, how how was trying to schedule that as far as for you're going to Sedona, you're going to North Hollywood, New York City. Uh, during probably a pretty crazy time to travel in as well. So I guess what were some of the challenges just logistical wise of, of going to all those different locations? Well, the good thing is since I'm making the, I made this movie on spec, I was on, I was in charge of my own schedule. So I, I didn't, it wasn't like I had to deliver to a studio or something like that yep. by a certain time. So I could kind of go at my own pace. Um, so the plan was we started in September, 2019 and the plan was we were going to end in April, 20, uh, yeah, April, 2020. Um, that was the plan. So we, we, you know, almost kind of finished, but then we didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And then it took, then we were kind of like waiting around all year until we could get, you know, David out of the hospital um and reunite with lucky so it was a waiting game the whole year um but i'd say it was just really so you know we would shoot maybe have a week or two shoot again and in between we have the time to maybe uh you know do a little bit editing just kind of like see see you know is this working um so we were just shooting editing along the way i kind of enjoyed that it's a less lower overwhelming than when you get to the end and you have all this footage this all this footage dump right and then you gotta sort 
through and watch all this footage. So, so I kind of liked that pace. And then, uh, but it was really important for me to, I wanted to capture different environments because I know it's hard as a viewer to watch, you know, so many characters when you have eight or nine characters, it's like, how do you keep them straight? So having the different environments and colors and sort of like, um, you know, the different occupations and personalities that they had, different cats that they had. I, I needed all the cats to look different. I, I didn't want them to all be tuxedo cats. Um, so, so yeah, it just took, took a little bit of a, you know, a careful casting to sort of get that all, get that rounded out. It's, it's, it's funny. One of my favorite lines, Clint and I both mentioned it. Um, one of my favorite lines in the, in the movie was when the guy says, Please don't drive 300 miles to see my cat. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, yeah. he'll come in, and here is my who's flying across the country to go see <laughs> other people's cats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only cat people will understand guilty, that. Guilty, guilty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, the other thing, too, you know, you talked about all the different characters. Uh, the other thing, you're not only shooting their cats, them and their cats, but it's like their lives too, right? I think about the 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 guy and his roommate uh with uh Zulu, yeah. right? Uh who went from Oakland to then their house almost burns down to mudslides coming in. I mean, all of that's happening while you're trying to shoot your movie too. So I mean it seems like there's a lot of life, yeah. you know, that's that's happening that you kinda gotta work around as well. Yeah, all these things that really weren't expected at all. And I don't know if it would have been part of the movie, except that, you know, we thought it should be because we had already been with the firefighters. So we had already had that footage. So then it just seemed like it just makes sense to kind of see the other side of it. Somebody who, you know, had to evacuate a fire and um that was pretty that was yeah it was um i know that they they were a little traumatized by it even oh. though they were okay uh but I, I remember being in la and hearing about their evacuation and i went online to one of those sites where you can like put in an address and to see kind of like are they on fire or not and that house was red like it was oh. that whole area was red and so we thought for sure it was gone and we had just seen it a week earlier and luckily we asked him like i said you know this is weird and i don't even know if we're gonna put this in the movie but i just feel like we should come back up like is that okay <laughs> and i did and i did think it was it was relevant because they were displaced for i don't know weeks to months um yeah. they had to live out of hotels and hotels aren't very friendly to cats and it i know that was a challenge for them uh, not a challenge for the cast. The cats loved it. They loved <laughs> the hotel life. I, I thought um, it was a great tie-in. I mean, that was a, I know, a beautiful, like, beautiful way to tie that tie that all in. And how that house did not go, I like that is a miracle in itself. Looking at that fence right next to yeah. it that is burnt down, and it's like, how did this not? Yeah, how did it not? Uh, that was yeah, that was amazing. And so but, so many of their neighbors lost their homes. But I think, you know, like, I think it was defended by a fire by firefighters, they must have been defending it there at the time. And, and so it's just really important. I thought we should show this because we should show what these guys are out there doing and, and how dare anyone take their cat away, you know, yeah. like these, guys, yeah, for sure. these guys should have whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
that that right there is would be my outside of the uh the don't drive 300 miles to pet my cat yeah. comment uh <laughs> that firehouse uh defending the other firehouse and yeah, i think uh, they said the chief got 15,000 emails that day yeah that mm-hmm. put a the biggest smile on chad and i's face for when we sure. watched that that is such a cool a bunch story of, a bunch of manly men sticking up for a cat at another firehouse <laughs> yeah, i exactly. love it. more of that that's what america needs <laughs> but um okay so what other like i know you said that i kind of your i mean just your love for cats um what kind of inspirations do you have as far as um filmmaking and and maybe this movie maybe other movies that you've done whatever is there any type of inspiration that you've taken from other movies or anything like that that you really influenced your life? You know, I've just been a I've been a film buff all my life. I I really love I love a lot of foreign films like French and and just a lot of European films, Asian films. I love a lot of um Japanese and Chinese films. I would say like I'm just a cinephile. I'm a lover of film. Doesn't matter what it is. Um I would say, you know, there is another film uh, I get compared to a lot. I don't know if you've seen Cuddy, but it's the Turkish cat documentary. I have um, not. Okay, so yeah, you can rent that or stream that. Um, it came out in 2015 or 2016. And I remember seeing that. So I remember being hearing about that movie and wanting to see it for about a year, like following it. And I finally got to see it when it had a theatrical release in New York. I saw it in New York in a theater. I think I was sitting on the front row and it was just such a wonderful in a in a sold out house. And it was just a magical experience. I mean, first of all, you know, because Istanbul is so beautiful, but then it's all about the cats there that live on the street. Um, yeah, you should definitely check it out. I think you'd really love well, it. It's great yeah. cinematography. Yeah, really, it's funny and it's touching, and definitely, definitely, that had some influence on me to make this film. It kind of like gave myself permission to make this film because that movie um, did so well, both um, critically and and you know, and at the box office. And so I thought, you know, well, there there is obviously an audience for something like this. Um, And also, I saw it again in the theater in LA. So I saw it in two cities um again packed house um on the big screen i just thought like i just want more experiences like this as a cat lover so so with that looking at you know you're 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 wanting to to shoot a movie with 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 all these cats i have to ask which is harder working with the people or working with all the cats because i think i might know the answer to this (laughs) but i'm curious to hear your your side here I don't know, like, (laughs) definitely probably people is easier, but you do have to deal with people's egos. But I will say I also do a lot of commercial and corporate work with children. So I would say children are the hardest by far. (laughs) More than sure. That's a whole different category. I could definitely see that. (laughs) So I I got, you mentioned a few other films there. Do you, you, and and, and I'll take that one. I think it was Keddy, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what it was called? K-E-D-I. K-E-T-I? K-E-D. D. K-E-D-I. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll put I don't up. know if I'm pronouncing it right, but yeah. I'm spelling we'll, it. We'll right. put it up here where we can stream it too. Yeah, so that absolutely. we can. Because I, we'll, we'll check that one out. Is there any other films that you feel like 
that you that if you had to recommend because we're we're guys who like movies. That's our that's our tagline. We're a couple guys <laughs> who like movies and like to talk about movies. So, is there another movie that if you had to recommend one movie to anybody in the world, you said besides your own, just say one movie that you wanted everybody to watch. What would it be? Uh, there's too many, but I will mention something, a movie that's been on my mind lately, and it was nominated for an Oscar, so I don't know if you saw Ascension. Mm, Very, Ascension, Mm -hmm. Ascension, starts with an A, and it was nominated in the documentary category uh, just this past Oscars, and uh, yeah, seek that out and watch that, and I honestly can't even, like, explain to you what it's about, but it is amazing and it's like mesmerizing and it actually I think about it a lot and I think about it's more like an essay than like a movie and there's no there I don't believe there's any dialogue or narration you're just gonna see a lot of images and uh and I kind of want to do something like that with cats but it would be pretty it would be maybe too arty for people I don't know but but it's it's a really cool movie. I think you will probably like it if you're if you love movies. Very cool. That I really thought awesome. that I was going to have the answer. It'd be like, yeah, I saw that because I there wasn't many Oscar movies so that you, I watched this year. So you typically but watch I, about all of them. I so. didn't get to see the Ascension. I tried to do as many of the documentaries and stuff and try and cram them in, but that was that was tough. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll look that one up for sure. For sure. Yeah, that's just the one that pops into my head, and I've been thinking a lot because, again, people are like, well, "What do you want to do next?" And like, if I could do anything, I'd probably do something like that. But yeah. it's a that would be a pretty big project. So, so uh, one thing that we notice at the end of Cat Daddies during the uh, during your credits, uh, I seen a in memory of cinema and flashlight, and I I only can I, I have to ask are are those are those cats? Yeah, those are cats. Um, so a lot of those credits came from um, certain Kickstarter backers. So that was one of their rewards. Was like I would put ah, their name. That's cool. Okay, yeah. I would put their name and their cat's name in the credits. And so, um, ah. yeah. So that was a friend of mine. Um, he was a backer, and the names of uh, some of his, a uh, couple of his cats that recently passed. They they were in old. Gotcha. Age. All right, I say it caught our eye, so we thought we had to uh, had to ask there. But uh, you also have cats yourself, don't you? I have four, and none of them like each other, so it's a pretty fun house (laughs) (laughs) to live in. (laughs) Yeah, so and they're pretty mad at me because I've been traveling so much. So yeah, (laughs) yeah. And you know, when you come back from traveling, that's what uh, my first cat. uh, You kind of talked about it. Your husband, you know, uh, how he a cat found him type of thing. That was that would be my story. My mm-hmm. first cat, uh, Peter, Petey, whatever. Um, he was uh, somebody else's cat. They were moving and they needed a place to take him. So it's like, okay, it's fine, but I don't know how a cat's gonna work out. You know, first off, I have allergies and I don't. You know, I, if I can't take care of it, I, I need you to be able to take it back. You know, when you get settled in, all this stuff. Uh, but my daughter and I fell absolutely in love with this cat, and it was incredible just to like to have that feeling when you come home and there's something someone there that's so excited to see you, you know, and I don't know. I just, Petey was a great cat. He passed away uh, some time ago, but yeah, he was a great cat. I, Petey, I am Petey also took you to, from I, not being a cat person to a cat person too. Cat. So I am also allergic to cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my wife, my wife gets so like, she, uh, we have an, uh, a couple more cats now, uh, blue and Porg and Porga. 
uh, Blue every morning gets up and, and licks her face. So she wakes up every morning with welts on her face from the cat <laughs> oh, saliva. No. That, but she just, she lets it happen. You know, she, she had to go to the eye doctor once because she drooled in her eye and had to, like, her eye swelled up. And it's just, but she loves them. And it's just, she wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I need lots of Claritin and Benadryl. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Well, well, my, I, I just want to say thank you for, for coming on our, our podcast here. Um, like I said, when we sat down and, and had the ability to watch uh, Cat Daddies, uh, we fell in love and uh, we love your work and, uh, and we were looking uh, so forward to, to taking this time to be able to chat with you here. When's the first time this is going to be available to watch for the, the, at our audience and stuff like that? So. Because there's going to be cat cat people that are going to want to see yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, be on the lookout. We have a website. We have social media, Cat Daddy's Movie. Um, you can Google it. Uh, we're hoping, I hope by next year or maybe earlier, maybe end of the year. But we're kind of just waiting for distribution. So, the yeah, they're going to launch uh, the sales for the movie um, around the Cannes film market in a couple of weeks. Oh, perfect. We'll see what happens, and perfect. I hope I hope it gets U.S. distribution and more people can see it. Otherwise, you know, until then, I'm using it to raise money for um, cat rescues and charities and that are reaching out to us. Love it. So letting them eventize, you know, um, the screenings and have some fun and also, you know, uh, raise some money for the kitties. So uh, so while it's in my hands, um, I'm still, you know. Uh, working on that so we still have it and we'll still be doing in-person screenings for a little while um and all i can say is like i'm so glad you guys you know came to see it in person i just think that's the best way to see it it's so Absolutely fun to no. see it with other people in the audience other people love cats there's just nothing like it yeah a theater is like the only way to watch movies like i you know you watch it at home and it's just not the same it's i mm -hmm. i totally agree. Uh, theater experience is great yeah, great. I'm so glad we met. You guys are a lot of fun, and and uh, I'm so glad you liked it. And I I love talking to guys like you. It's just a it's just a pleasure. Well, thank you again, and uh, we, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on here. Yeah, we really appreciate your time. I know you've got a really busy schedule, and for you to carve out an hour for us here, that's been awesome. So I, I appreciate it. Love talking cats with you. Maybe uh, maybe this next uh, this next documentary you do or whatever it is you do next, we can. Uh, touch bases again and maybe talk more cats <laughs> great stay in touch and i'm gonna um i'll keep listening to your podcasts all right sounds good out. thanks my well hey i just want to thank my again for taking the time out of her busy schedule to join our podcast here yes yeah, coming from uh, from california in a hotel room takes a little time to talk out to little old us I really appreciate that. That was cool. Yeah, and we hope that you all enjoyed this as well. So if you did enjoy this podcast, be sure to hit that like button, ring the bell, subscribe, so that way uh, you can follow the rest of our content as well. So also, we just launched a TikTok yep. as well. So be sure to follow that. That's uh, murko.movie.guys. So sure. <laughs> something like that yeah, right put it up here <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so no then i have to edit it and that oh, takes time so right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay well with that the credits are rolling lights are coming on that's the end of the show <laughs>